What a world you now listening to Talk of Brothers Podcast. Welcome to the Talk of Talk Talk of Brothers Podcast. Podcast. Allow me to reintroduce myself. So, talk of Brothers Podcast. Talk of Brothers. Talk of Brothers. Talk of Brothers Podcast with Smash and Goldie. Goldie and Smash, you guys doing your thing. The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. My brother. Goldie and Smash. Talk of Brothers. That's popping. We ain't worried about nothing. Y'all are now listening to Talk of Brothers. Podcast. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Godin. And it's your boy Smash coming at you. I want to welcome you guys to another episode of Talking Brothers Podcast. Smash, how's your week been, my brother? Man, it's been a good week, honestly. I've been enjoying this week. Playing the golf? I did. I went out on Sunday. I played a pretty good round, bro. Did you shoot under 100? I got to add it up. I think I did. I think this might be my first time. That means you shot over 100. <laughs> if you didn't Man, add it, I did good, bro. If you didn't add it up already, that means you shot over 100. So <laughs> that's hey, that. I was I made a I made a few pars, you know. Yeah, yeah. Any birdies? Um they were out there on the course. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so I guess so it was a lot of bogeys though, I'm already sure. <laughs> oh yeah. I had a couple about two of them a couple times. Man, yeah. I loaded up the car with the clubs, put my favorite shoes in the trunk, and walked out the house and got in the car. And it was so hot, I was like, you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> but I need to get yeah. back out there. I need to get back out there. So it's hot over y'all way though, so I understand. Yeah, man. It was, you know, I was sitting on the porch, you know, drinking a lemonade, chilling in the shade, and it was a nice temperature. And I was like, you know what? It's, it's, I'm not doing anything. Let's go to the golf course and play a little bit. But once I left from under that shade, it was like, you know what? You you might want to go sit back down. <laughs> so <laughs> So it's all good. What is the what's the timeline, man? What 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 what's the countdown at right now? Man, uh, well, June June first official day, but it'll probably be March time frame. March, where I'll be done. And, and yeah, it, man. Any destination yet? Or y'all still mulling that over? Still mulling it over a little bit, but it's between Georgia and Florida. Okay. Okay, y'all, you you gotta have it. So you're not gonna come to Texas, huh? You're gonna come hang out with your boy? Man, I can't do Texas, man. <laughs> Texas too big. And too hot. Y'all but, getting uh, overpopulated everywhere in Texas. Yes, yeah, like people are moving in here like nobody's business, man. It's like, it's it's ever forever growing when, I mean, where we live at right now, we moved in one area, we lived there for probably about eight years and it got overpopulated. So we moved to, to we move further south from where we originally live now this area is getting more overpopulated so if we keep going south i'm gonna end up in the gulf so i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> know what i'm gonna do at that point <laughs> so. are y'all gonna be there for a minute right nah man no 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 uh, the countdown has started jalen is is in the ninth grade now so when he graduates what, what, what the wife and i gonna do with this big old house bro who gonna clean this thing up they're gonna be off going to college and do their thing, and I can't now. Nah. This is nah, they, they'll still be at home living with. You. Uh, they'll be here by themselves because <laughs> the wife and I are gonna get a townhouse soon as they soon as he graduate. 
I took I told him uh we're gonna get a two-bedroom townhouse. So y'all gotta figure out amongst the kids, y'all gotta figure out who's gonna do bad. Y'all can't do bad all at once. Y'all got a space to stay, but you can't do bad all at once. (laughs) (laughs) But look, so this is something I'm really excited about this episode, this show. Um this this lady has opened my eyes to how the film industry works behind the camera because I'm thinking when I watch movies a lot, it was always I'm thinking, okay, there's one director for a movie, but I didn't realize that there is multiple directors for like if it's a TV show, there's multiple directors on that one series. So I was Amy. like Man. I learned that too, bro. Yeah. I didn't know that either. So I fell down this rabbit hole. So I was like, okay, so if that's going, let me keep looking and looking and looking. You know, we're movie buffs and TV buffs, probably um, almost quasi addiction type stuff because we watch a lot of TV around here. So, <laughs> so we definitely keep we definitely keep the keep the industry employed. But her name is <laughs> her name is Dawn Wilkerson. Uh, Dawn is an award-winning director and screenwriter. Born um, born in Montreal, raised in Toronto. She's alumni of Norman Jewison. And if I chewed it up, Don, please correct me. Uh, Canadian Film uh, Center and graduate of the University of Toronto. Uh, she has multiple, multiple uh, films. Um, there will be in a link in the bio uh, where you can check check her, her credits out as well. But let's bring Dawn in and, and give her... Uh, her just do it and, and let her know how excited I am to have her. How you doing, Dawn? Oh, I'm really good. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Are you excited to be back at work? I am. Actually, I did shoot a movie um, since the shutdown for COVID and it's called Nashville Christmas Carol. It's a Hallmark movie. So I just finished that and I just wrapped, wrapped it. So I, I actually did get to work recently and I'll be starting an episode of All American, um, which is a show on the CW that I've done in the past uh, in another month. So okay. back to work and it's been great. It's okay. been really good to, to be back. All American is one of my favorites and I hope this season they'll play a little more football this time. Last season, <laughs> they, they played a lot of flag football last season. I'm like, <laughs> There's a lot of practices. Right. Yeah. He was hurt, man. He was hurt. Right. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. So you're currently, you're from Canada, but you're currently that's residing right. in LA right now, right? That's right. What's the, that's right. And what was the culture shock for you? Oh, well, you know, it was pretty gradual because I've been working um, on U.S. shows for a while and I'd always traveled to Los Angeles to to meet people and to, you know, network and stuff. So, but it is different. It is a little bit different living here. And I have a son who changed, you know, school systems and stuff like that. But, you know, we really love, we really love Southern California. So it's working out well. Right. Get that constant summer weather versus yeah, so it's really <laughs> definitely even even coming back from Nashville. I'm like, it's so nice to come home and it's it's nice, you right. know. <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm used to like coming going from the snow. So <laughs> right, yeah. We have a friend of ours. Uh, he's from New York and he moves to Canada. He was like, I thought I was used to winter in New York. He said it was yeah. nothing compared it's to like Canada. Yeah, he was like, it's, yeah. He says it's miserable. True. <laughs> it's true. I mean, and even though I grew up with it, I was always the one on set with like an extra pair of snow pants <laughs> and an extra. <laughs> I even have a vest that heats up. So. Right. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's got a battery. 
yeah, that's me. If if it's less than seventy two degrees, I'm cold. I I, I just yeah. I don't think I could move to a northern state. I think I would have yeah. to stay in you, Texas. You wouldn't survive. No, I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't, bro. I would. No, I wouldn't. I was up in North. I was lived in North Dakota for a year, and that's the coldest place I ever been. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to go back. <laughs> so let's let's get to who you are and and what made what what brought you into this industry. Um, what was what was like as a child? We always think about what we want to do when we grow up. Um, mm-hmm. What was that turning point for you to say that? Um, I want to be a director and what made you um, pick the route that you picked to, to be able to, to get your career going to this point? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. And I, I can't say that I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker when I was a, a child. I definitely did take pictures and uh, film home videos mm-hmm. and any opportunity I had as a school project to make a video, I would do that. But I didn't think about TV shows as directed by someone. I just didn't, you know, I just didn't think of it that way. I didn't really understand how the production process worked. And then when I was um, at university, I I had a professor who was a, a programmer at the Toronto Film Festival, and she helped me get a job like being the person that sets up the mic for the filmmakers to talk and describe, you know, why they made the films that they made. Right. And it was really the, the process of seeing filmmakers and independent films and uh, that inspired me to like try to make a film. And I went to a workshop with a filmmaker named Phil Hoffman, who's an experimental Canadian filmmaker. So it's kind of like a documentary kind of film where I, I, I shot visual images of trees and plants and, and I did a cartwheel in a field. And, and I said, where are you from? I was born here. This is my home. And it was about Black Canadian identity because like I grew up in Canada and I was born there but pretty much everyone would ask me where I was from trying to figure it out so that kind of inspired me to like tell a personal story in a film and once I made that film I was really hooked on the process and like showing a film and having an audience kind of understand your experience and even if they like they were black they got it but even when they weren't black they got it like they understood how it feels to like not really feel like you fit in or to feel like your identity is something you have to explain so that was really um that was when i knew but then even that film dandelions was made like i shot it myself i cut it myself and this was like back when we worked on film um but i didn't have the experience of working on a set and so um after making one more short film i had the opportunity to shadow norman jewison on the hurricane which was a, a big movie yes. starring Denzel Washington. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, like okay, I definitely want this job. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, so would you say like when you got to work on that on the hurricane, is that like what inspired you? To, I mean, it definitely. It, it, yeah, like that was when I thought, okay, this is um, this is an actual like it's an art form, but it's also a career. And like it, it had all these different aspects that I loved creatively, like, you know, talking with 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 actors and storytelling and visual and like all of these different aspects that I just I just fell in love with the process. And then I was kind of on a mission to like figure out how to become a director because there's you know, that's kind of a long journey. And often people start out in different departments, like someone might be an editor first or a director of photography or an actor. So to just pursue it straight as a director, um, I ended up making music videos for a little while. Um, in Canada, there's a, a number of arts grants. So for lower budget projects, it was a way to, you know, make make things and keep learning. And I taught filmmaking part time, but it was a, a very gradual process until I got my first 
half hour show and then my first hour show and then you know bigger shows it's all been um like a step-by-step kind of thing right i read some i read somewhere um and i and i did a lot of research because I was looking forward to this interview. I did a lot of research, so I can't remember (laughs) exactly (laughs) where I I came across the information. Sure. But you said, don't be afraid to break the rules when you were working on the show um, Devotion in film school. Um, Is that something that you you still practice today or that was something that that was specific to that particular film that you developed? Well, I guess I think it's probably a a larger creative opinion that like we get taught like if you it depends if you get the chance to go to film school or not like it's not in a set it's not like a a requirement to Mm -hmm. their filmmakers and directors that don't go to film school but even if you don't go and you you get books and watch videos and learn like how to tell a story visually i think these are always just guidelines you know like you know how to structure a story how to shoot a scene there's there are conventions and things that work, but I think you know to have your part of it is to tell you, to to put yourself into it. So if there's something that you feel like you want to do because it's like your voice or how you see things, and really that's what makes your work special is like how you see things and you know your own opinion in a way. So you kind of have to like have the confidence, build the confidence to like do what you feel is the right thing creatively not to totally ignore maybe i've maybe i've evolved since i <laughs> since i made that statement but like you not to necessarily ignore how everything's been done and what the conventions are but like to embrace your own individuality as an artist right yeah so when you're creating the film and you're reading that script and and you're the director on it how much influence does what's on the paper actually mm-hmm. change from your directive from from you directing like how does it how does it cap how do you does it does what your vision in your mind change yeah. when you're directing the actors and, and actually making the film yeah it's a really great question and i think it's like the essence of what a director does is 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 read the script and visualize and interpret what the writer has created mm-hmm. and a screenplay you know, does differ from a novel when you read it. They're they're describing uh, visually what is being seen, but they're not necessarily addressing the themes or giving extra details about what the characters are thinking. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things um, are kind of left to the interpretation. So, you know, I'll I'll read a script, and usually I hook onto the characters, like the characters and what the characters are going through, mm-hmm. because that inspires me to think about like how I would convey. I work from a place of emotion a lot of the time, so how I would convey the feelings that the characters are going through, or the or how I could evoke in the audience the feelings that the characters are going through because i also think about that i think about audience and you know if it's funny it might be a visual gag something has to be shown in a certain way to show that it's funny if it's emotional stuff then i think about like how how like i usually have a conversation with the actors and then i think about how to shoot it in a way that was going to enhance the feelings that i want to communicate and um sometimes you know it's it it depends some shows are 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 written with more detail or let's say the writer maybe has a more visual sense Mm -hmm. and is thinking a little more about the shots than other times like there is some very you know i work on different kinds of shows and it depends some some of them are more 
specific visually, let's put it that way. Um, but like I did this show, Lock and Key, um, two episodes, which is on Netflix, and uh, it was based on a graphic novel. And actually, yes. one of my episodes is nominated for uh, Directors Guild of Canada uh, Best Direction Award at the okay. DGC Awards this year. So that's exciting. But um, that's a good example of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a show that's written visually, but then there's room to like, as the director, go even further. Right. So, you know, and, and I think when there's uh, requirements of like visual effects or things are stylized, because I, I feel like some of the shows that I've done that have come from a kind of a comic book source like Riverdale or The Gifted, there's always like this aspect of, 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 of imagining things because you're not in, in so much of a real Right. vibe like you can kind of do stranger camera movements and um odd things because that that's true to the world that you're exploring so i i like i look at it from like how to how to convey what the characters are going through and then also like what's the tone and the feeling of the show and like what can i get away with visually that's going to be really exciting right yeah like yeah. you said something um i was gonna wait to the a little bit toward the end because i know my family would get on me if i don't ask but you brought up lock and key and yeah. they were big on watching that uh, that show, and um, they they told me they were like, "You got to watch Lock and Key," because my my uh, wife is a big Stephen King fan, and then when she found out his son, yeah, was some of those um, shows, she's like, "You got to watch it." And then when Derek uh, had told me that you agreed to be on the show, I was like, "She did two episodes on Lock and Key." I said, "Is this the same?" And then I started doing the research, yeah. and I told my family, they was like, "Are you for real?" Like they want to be on the show right now talking to you because they got so many questions. <laughs> so I, I love the episodes that you did because actually, I think your two episodes like explained it more. I don't I don't know how to like describe it, but it helped. It brought a lot of stuff together. I know it was toward the end, but it still brought a lot of stuff together. Right. Yeah. That, that. That's uh, thank you. That's right. I mean, I think that was partially my luck in terms of getting stories that. Um, had some backstory in it, which helps explain like how the characters got into the situations that they're in. But um, yeah, it was certainly that that, that was uh, among some of my favorite work that I've done so far on that show. And, are you going to do season two? Any episodes on there yet that you can tell us about that you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I don't think I'm going to be back for season two, but um, I'm sure it'll be amazing. So yes, all right. <laughs> one one of the things how I came across you is I ran I came across a show called Republic of Doyle. Right? Oh wow! So I watched this show. I binge watched it in, in one weekend, like all the episodes. So I've okay. never I've never seen the show before, and I was like, "Is there another season coming?" And that's how I stumbled upon upon you and looking at the credits right. and seeing who the actors are, and. Um, I'm always putting out feelers. Who can I get on the show and and these type right. of things? So what happened? What, that show was so good. Even at the end of it, it was so good that I don't understand yeah. why did it end. <laughs> what, what? I you know what? I'm not sure. I don't think that I know the reason either. I mean, I know that it was um, a CBC show, right? And so it could just be that they had. Uh, decided on a certain number of seasons. I'm really not sure. That's a great question. And, and it was actually, I want to say four years ago, perhaps, or five years ago that I directed that episode. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know the reason, you know? So what... I'm not sure. What makes... Like, I, like we've... Smash and I are big TV watchers and big movie yeah. watchers. And we watch 
we always rate the quality of the different TV stations and, and HBO and Cinemax, stuff right. like that, right? So we, we've come to the realization that NBC doesn't like anything. They, they'll cancel stuff immediately, okay, right? Okay, right, yeah. CBS right. has great quality, great shows, and they give their shows a, a nice longer run. What, right. what What goes into that process of them continuing with the show or canceling the show? And, and it can't just be viewership. I, I know it just can't be that if viewers aren't, aren't tuning in, they're going to cancel the show. Yeah, I mean, I can only talk about it in general because I, I'm not sure why um, Republic of Doyle ended after five. So certainly some shows on CBC have run a long time. I also did a show called Heartland, which is is continuing on many seasons in and, and Murdoch Mysteries many seasons. Because that's yeah. where I started in the in the Canadian Network series. Um, but there's a lot of factors, you know, there's there's the writers, of course, who've created the show or the producers who are responsible for it and um, how much story they feel that they have. And then there's the actors who, you know, I mean, you all you do find shows where actors are, are invested and prepared to go season after season, but often like four or five seasons in general is a good run, I think for any show, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, the, it's, it's unusual, although amazing when they go 15, you know, 20, like there's the odd show that has like that kind of um, run, but that's, uh, that's uncommon, really. Right. It's like three, four, maybe five is successful, you know? So, um, there's a number of factors and it, it, and, and often when people pitch shows, they think about like, what are the first two or three seasons? Sometimes they can get to season five or season six. And often they feel that, you know, even if it's a great show that has an audience, that that's all the story that they want to tell. Right. So it's often, it's a creative decision. Right. Yeah. Okay. So lower my expectations, right? <laughs> there's lots, of, there's lots out there. So Stop just, being so just greedy. Have to move on. <laughs> but there's some shows you get attached to, and you, you know, you maybe a character you identify with or a storyline that that you, yeah. really hits home for you, and it's like that's it, it's over, and you know, yeah. so. <laughs> that's right, and I think it's tricky to end a show, also. Like it's tricky to end, you know, that that they're not always tying those loose well, ends up. Yeah, it's just just a difficult thing. Yeah, go ahead, Smash. So, um, and and this is my ignorance. I don't know, but being a director, is it? I don't want to say similar, but I, I've heard uh, some actors where they get scripts and they turn it down. As a director, do you do the same thing? You read it and just like, I'm not into this one or how does that process work? Well, I mean, so much of my career was spent like in the beginning, just getting opportunities, getting meetings, meeting with people, watching shows, doing research. I think now, as a, rather than let's say like, I mean, I often will turn things down more just because I will be scheduling a certain way and I'll be available. You know, there's a certain number of episodes I can do in a, in a year or a six month period of time. And I just have to choose based on what's available and what I'm offered and what I like within that time. Right. Um, but I think as a director, what you try to do and what I've noticed too is like doing shows where I like them and I, I want to watch them and the research doesn't feel like research or work because I'm just so engaged in right. watching the show. Right. Um, that, that's what that's what you want as a director. You just want to like really love the material. And then after you've had the opportunity to make a number of shows, then what happens is similar type shows start to look for you too. You know, they, they like oh, okay. the, the episodes are strong. And so the producers get to know you from your episodes and then they yeah. want you to hire you for something similar. So like in lots of, okay. you know, creative jobs where you, you right. kind of start to build a reputation for a certain type of work. 
Um, But I definitely like, uh, you know, for example, I'm going to be doing a show called High Town, which is a stars show. I don't know if you've heard of it. And I just started kind of watching it out of curiosity. And then I like just had to watch the whole season. (laughs) And then at the end of the season, I was like, what's going to happen in season two? It's like, I want to be a part of that. Right. That happens sometimes. Okay. Okay. What, what is, I read somewhere again with my research of what is, is a Marvel comic still your dream? One of your dreams? Yeah. (laughs) You read that. Yes. The Shuri movie? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I would love to do that. <laughs> I would love to do that. You know, it's and it's also because I find that whenever, like one of the things I love about directing is that you get all these experts to work with you who are so specialized in, in their knowledge, right? So like all I can picture is like on a Marvel movie, how you would have all these ex, <laughs> these great creative collaborators. You know right. what I mean? So that's a big yeah. appeal. And, and, and also, of course, you know, loving loving that character shuri and you know black panther and all that so yeah definitely definitely so as um do you consider yourself a visionary do you consider yourself um somebody that 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 from this point that you think that you've moved the needle for directors for for black directors going forward yeah, I you know it's funny. I don't know if anyone ever really looks at themselves in that way. I I know that especially in the Canadian context, uh-huh. but uh, the community of Black directors is fairly small, and I was certainly uh, uh, the first probably woman, um, Af- you know, African Canadian woman director working consistently in dramatic and comedy series. So. I, I was just trying to do the thing, you know, I was just trying to like work as a director. <laughs> I wasn't really trying to make a statement, but that, you know, and now I, I, you know, help occasionally, you know, help other people get their career started, you know, give advice, mentor, um, in, in a, in a creative sense. Like I think I definitely was drawn to storytelling and filmmaking in particular, because I really felt like I just hadn't seen you know, a lot of my experience depicted on screen in television shows. Like, right. you know, as a kid, I'm trying to think, what did I like? I like like the Cosby show. I love Spike Lee's movies, you know, but I just didn't feel like there was a lot. And I, and I, it was, it was just a desire to like me, you know, I think that's what drew me into it initially. And especially once I made Dandelions, I realized that you could actually make a film and show people your life and your experience and your perspective right. in a way that maybe hasn't been seen and and certainly perspective as a concept is central to my filmmaking like even when it's not necessarily there's not a race theme or there's not a gender theme although often in my work there tends to be i i, I think about whose perspective the story is being told from and how to really explore that and i think that's where you know, my particular vision, you know, is that's one of the things that is really important to me is is perspective and storytelling. And I do think that there's still so many stories that need to be told and need to be expressed. And that 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 that's my job really is to like be there and do that. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that that helps me out because I just thought directors just says action, cut. But yeah, it, but it's <laughs> well, we do that too. We do that too. But it's like it, you know, there's always this limitation. There's always all these limitations, and it, it ultimately it's like you have so much time. Like you, you have a very limited amount of time with all the people and all the equipment and all the stuff. And so, and you're the one who's like, this is what's important. 
this is what's important. Like that's really what we're doing all day. Like, yeah, you're deciding it's a medium shot, it's a close-up, it's a steady cam shot, it's a, it's a static shot, and you're gonna cut here, you're not gonna cut there. But really what all those decisions are about is what's important? What what is what where do we need to focus our time and energy? And what what's gonna make a difference in right. terms of telling the story? So having kind of like a big picture uh, in terms of like knowing how all the parts are going to fit together, but still an interest in like focusing on really specific details right. is is like kind of the back, back and forth um, creatively in my mind. That's what I'm doing. Like I'm looking at this one specific shot, all the details visually, but I'm also thinking about how this moment fits into the whole story and like what I need to get from the shot so that it's going to do its job. It's going to tell the story and then on to the next one awesome. because it's not it's not um and particularly with television i've done a lot of tv it's not always i mean we strive for protect for, for, for perfection but what what we have to keep in mind is we also have to deliver the show within a specific amount of time and and you have to kind of get what's 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 going to really work and tell the story and then know when you have it and move on to the next thing okay so what do yeah. you what do you like better movies or tv yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like as a director, I've had definitely have more experience now in television, but I really do love the film. Um, you know, even in even in a Hallmark movie, as the director of this whole story, you know, you're the go-to person for every single creative detail in a way that on a series, certain things might be more established, right? Like you might have sets that are already well-established, characters, even your main cast have understanding of their character often on a on a tv series i'll have an, a conversation with an actor which is like they know their character i'm not there to tell them about their character they they kind of know that what i'm there for is like how can we tackle this episode what can we do to make this episode interesting and then maybe i'm going to spend more time directing in the more traditional sense character motivation backstory with guest actors who are there for maybe one or two episodes and, and need and require that kind of direction um, so in a movie that you definitely get to um, have your hand in a little more uh, things creatively. Um, so, but you know, the great thing about TV is that you turn them over fairly quickly. And it's it's after being an independent filmmaker, who like I could say my film devotion took three years if we look at just the production process, like not the writing. Let's say it's probably five if you include the writing. Um, where you know I shot over a, a period of time, and then there was like this long, slow post-production process with the picture edit, and then another long, slow sound edit. And and the great thing about when you work in television is like within a month, six weeks, you see the episode go from like words on a page to like a finished episode that people can watch and enjoy. And so that, there's something great about that too, because in a period of I don't know three or four years. I, I gained this huge amount of experience yes. in terms of executing different and using different equipment and different technology and, you know, all kinds of different shooting scenarios. So as a filmmaker, I really got to evolve and develop my techniques and know like how to anticipate, how to make things. Because I remember being a filmmaker and it's like, say this to people who are starting out, like the hardest thing, especially when you start out is like, you have this idea and you want to make it look a certain way and then you do it and it comes out and you're like, that's, that's not right. Not exactly. <laughs> right. That's not exactly what I wanted it to be. And then you're kind of tasked with like, doing the best you can with what you've got. Right. And you know, the nice thing about like working in TV after a number of years, it's like, Granted, I'm still affected by by the resources and like the 
what's available on that particular show within the budget, but I definitely have a stronger sense of like, this is what I want it to be. And then I can actually make it like that. And then right. I see it and it's, it's what I expected it to be. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying there's not surprises. There's always surprises and things that happen in production. You change your mind and stuff, but to have a kind of control over like this thing that you're making and and be able to anticipate how it's going to be in the end and it comes out how you want it to that's that's a fun that's a fun thing yeah. you know it's like it's really truly creativity you, you get fun. to see that you get to see the end product faster and yeah. tv versus and that's more Much gratifying faster. to see all the hard work you put in to actually see it in its in its final final stages so that's right and it's very and it's very satisfying and mm -hmm. i think you know with a movie there's um a different schedule in terms of the time it takes to, to put it out and promote and I think as a person who loves to, to loves to direct and loves to be on set that I love to spend my time directing you know so that's probably why I've done so much TV and done well there because I just love the process and then I see it done and then I I learn and move on and I get to do it again like that's what I just love to do yeah okay yeah. during this um pandemic that's been going on and we all been cooped in the house. Has it given yeah. you more time to create? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like initially when it happened, I had just completed How to Get Away with Murder, which was a great experience. And I loved working on that show. I'd been a fan of the show. I like, loved that show. At the beginning. So, and I got in there right the third to last episode of their, of their entire um, run. So that was really fun. Um, and then I was like, I realized I had pretty much been directing back to back for a year, like almost nonstop shows. So I was like, oh, let me just like slow down for a minute. And then I did, you know, look back at some of my writing because I've started some projects at gotten them to different stages, but it pretty much, you know, get a TV job and sort of a bit have to step away from it. So it did give me a chance to kind of like do an inventory and look at, at some of my work and what I had, you know, what I'd like to pursue in terms of like my own uh, voice and writing. And then, and then uh, a movie popped up. <laughs> And I went to that. <laughs> that long process starts, right? Yeah, yeah, I think, and no, but it, yeah, but I think, uh, and I did also. I, I would say in the time that I wasn't shooting and that you know production was kind of shut down, I definitely did a little more like interviews and discussions, and even you know joining groups with the Directors Guild of America and just like connecting with people which you know when you're in production you are connecting on a certain level you're like working with the, the crew and the actors but you know connecting with other filmmakers and aspiring filmmakers and it's been really fun yeah awesome. awesome yeah so so let's get to some what are some of your if you what would be what what what, what genre do you like the best comedy suspense romance yeah. what what's that when you get it on your table and you see it you like gotta do it because it's because it's that type of genre right well i think i just really love stuff that's like character driven and that has emotional stuff going on in it like i really get i find that really juicy like when people are even if even if it's not it doesn't have to be super dark although i like dark but it's it's more to have the emotional journey. I love right. that. Okay. And 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 or if it's if it's like funny, that's cool. But I like there to be some character stuff going on behind it. So drama is is pretty much my probably genre. where you are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I asked a friend of mine. He's an actor, and um, I asked him when he reads a script. 
what is what you know what draws him into it you know for me i you know i'm like like marvel i want to see explosions like as a guy you know from reading i for me i I think i would want to be like you know i want to have all this all this you know technology at hand (laughs) so i can make this elaborate you know special effects type of thing that would just yeah so that's why i asked that you know what what, what draws you to to a certain project or, or another project it's the thing about that stuff is though it's really good as long as there's a good story to go with it right. you know what i mean like that's that's the thing that's the challenge because it's great to like i've like, like blowing things up is a lot of fun like that really is <laughs> right it really is it really is especially because when you do stuff like that there's like this moment where like you've done everything you can you've practiced the things you can practice because some things you can't practice like you just all you can do is plan it set it up and then it's like a three two one and everybody's like and hope it goes kaboom <laughs> and I, yeah and i love that i love that moment that is so much fun like they're like are you ready and i'm like yeah i'm ready like we've done everything we can now we're just letting it happen and i and it's to me that's like a moment where it's like there's there's always there's nothing like it so it's, it's exciting so it'd be that moment of awe they're like dawn are you gonna say cut oh cut that was that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> well it's true and often now you know that we shoot a lot of things or pretty much everything digitally it's true that sometimes we don't cut and we just like start over again and start over again but i have been told that i have been told that <laughs> really? once or twice by, by a producer when i just ran a lot of footage and i was like doing a lot of takes he's like could you say cut once in a while <laughs> yes <laughs> i will <laughs> so i i want i'm not gonna hold you much. go ahead smash go ahead you got another question i just i just got one one last question um if you could go back 10 years and mm-hmm. and give your yourself some advice what would it be from what you've learned now Oh, I I think I would I would tell myself Uh-oh. to to uh, <laughs> I'm just like ten years ago because you know like where was I ten years ago ten years ago it would 2010 I was directing my first half hour show called She's the Mayor which was a Canadian comedy series for Sud Sutherland and Jennifer Holness a producing team out of Toronto and directing partnership and I was just like. I was so determined to have, to have, to have a career as a director. Like I was like, I was at the moment where I was like, I'll shadow, I'll shadow, I'll, I'll set visit, I'll volunteer. But that was when I decided wow. this is my, like, I'm going to make this one more shot at it. Cause I'd already been filmmaker for 10 years at that time. Right. But I hadn't wow. really transitioned into it in a commercial way. I had been like an artist, filmmaker, teacher type. And, um, and I was, and I wasn't, and I would have just told myself to, to keep working, but relax. It's going to work out. Okay. <laughs> I was so intense. I was so, in, I was so intense. And, and I, and, and, and I, it's understandable that like at that point you feel like every single credit, any, any opportunity you get, it's like your whole life depends on it. Like your whole career depends on it. And I was yeah. so intense. And I would just tell myself to do, to do the job and, you know, work hard and, think and be creative but not to be so hard on myself to enjoy enjoy it more and, and relax enjoy the experience right enjoy <laughs> yeah the it's, easy, it's easy said than done like you're in it like i got bills to pay i got i'm trying to get yeah. this career going it's like yeah so i i can i can understand that i, I definitely do so yeah. fun fact what is something that what is your what is what is the that secret indulgent what is that something that you like you know what 
this is not shame. I'm not ashamed of it, but I enjoy this so much. Is it sports, TV, reading, jogging? Oh, yoga. Yoga. <laughs> yoga. Okay. Okay. Yoga. <laughs> Yoga is not easy. Right. <laughs> no. No, but you know, it's I find it's just a really good compliment to like having a sort of a stressful, busy, it's quiet type of job. Yeah. Yeah, it's quiet, it's relaxing. And I think, you know, when I was my mother taught yoga when I was a kid and it was like into it way before people were into it the way they are now. So I think I was introduced to it. I was never really into it as a young person, but I was introduced to it as an idea of like a healthy kind of activity. Right. And, and so I like to, you know, I, I, I fantasize about painting and I did that also when the, during the shutdown, I've got all my paints and brushes and cause I haven't painted for a number of years, but okay. I haven't actually started painting. Yeah. So the yoga, I actually do the painting. I have all set. It's ready to go. I just haven't started. Painting <laughs> so yet. you just have the canvas sitting there and you're just like, uh, yeah. Uh, no, not today. Not today. <laughs> yes, because I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Smash has has this secret journal, and I guess the <laughs> the wife and I will get our hands on it when he dies because right. he would not release. I like put the stuff out, man. Let us read what you write in, and it's like so. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I, I and that's why like I re- I really respect people like 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 yourself because trying to put that story together and paint that picture. Like I really want to take people on a journey and yeah. I get in my own and I do it because I'm, I'm putting too much before what they say, the horse before the cart or however yeah. the story adage goes. But uh, so that's why I really admire and I really like pay attention to the film. Cause my wife always asked me like, why are you looking at that? Just enjoy it. I'm like, no, did you see the way they did this? Did you see the, yeah. that's how it should be? Man, you know? So, and me and Godi yeah. talk about that stuff too all the time. So yeah. I really yeah, admire yeah. people like yourself who can paint that picture. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's nice when it's appreciated, you know, cause sometimes I, I think to myself is, is this like you're, when you're making a decision on set, you're like, it's important. Or is it getting into that area where I'm the only one who's going to notice? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, everyone's going to notice versus maybe it's getting to be something that is so specific just to me. But, you know, that's where that's where the fun is and, and the artistry of deciding, right. like, you know, how to make like transitions, how to cover scenes and how to really give the audience an, an opportunity to engage and be excited. You right. Know? right. Awesome. Just one, is your show going to be on uh, Hallmark this year? Like, yeah, actually, this um, November 21st at 8 o'clock on the main Hallmark channel, Nashville Christmas Carol. Okay. I, I only watch one show on Hallmark, so I'm going to definitely put that on my... <laughs> I, I love that... Uh, I'm writing it down now. What is it called? Can't think of, uh, on Hallmark? It's on Hallmark. It's Good Witch. I, I watched it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is it's, a good show. Yeah. yeah, it's something that I watched with my mom. You know, so that's just something where we connect together. It's not, you know, but it, but I, I did it as, as just a wait to pass time. I don't say waste time. Not mom, I don't mean to waste time. Fill time. <laughs> right. Spend time. Spend time, right? Yeah. Thank you. Director, cut, Derek, cut. That's not what you're trying to say. <laughs> but I found myself, you know, over about a couple of days um, hanging out with her. We watched it. And then I found myself like wondering whether we, where did they leave off? Let me go back. So now I'm starting to, to watch it more. But that's one of the Hallmark shows I watch, but I definitely put awesome. that. That's cool. So, but I thank you, Don. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. This has been, 
a highlight for me um, because, like I said, we watch a lot of TV and we watch a lot of movies, and we always, you know, they're always curious, curious on how the process goes, you know, and how things yeah. are being made. And then you're the first director that we've had on the show to give us that perspective from from a director's perspective on how the um, the film industry works. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to let the listeners and the viewers see um, your point of view and 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 enjoy the content that we just created. So. No, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Smash, any closing words before we get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, thank you for uh, coming on, Ms. Wilkinson, Don. Um, I always love these because, like like he said, we watch a lot of movies, but to learn the behind the scenes when we have actors and directors like yourself, they give us that behind the scene that we try to imagine, but we don't really know. But I really yeah. appreciate you coming on. And um, I'm, you know, saying I'm inspired that you're a black, and I'm gonna get this right because I heard you said African Canadian. Is that right? (laughs) Yes, I mean that's so you know. I don't know. I don't get too hung up on the words, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, but black black female director. (laughs) (laughs) But um, like like I said, from what I've seen on the the stuff researching and the shows that I watched that you've done, like you're killing it. Keep doing what you're doing, and much success and love and all the endeavors that you do oh thank you so much it's really great to hear and i and i i will thank you (laughs) thank you for thank you for the support it's wonderful (laughs) definitely oh you're welcome so with that being said much love and we out thank you we have returned to claim the pyramid partying on the mothership i am the mothership connection getting down in 3d light year group Yeah. Hit it, fellas.